This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, welcome into the Stinky Truth Podcast. Mark Schler alongside my partner, Mike Evans. And boy, I tell you what, pretty much everybody's in camp right now. And uh, things are starting to heat up, Mike. Why are they? First of all... The other podcast earlier this week, you made fun of me uh, uh, for my Kirk Cousins like plaid shirt that I was wearing. Yes, I got it. Was I got from it. The Cousins uh, collection. It was from the Cousins collection. Yes, and I love it. By the way, yeah. I endorse uh, everything that you do, Kirk Cousins. But uh, what are you wearing today? Corner Club. Yes, what, what's the, the Corner Club? Corner, the, the fine folks at the Corner Club. This is the most famous bar in Moscow, Idaho. Moscow. Okay. What? Moscow. No, Moscow. Uh, Moscow. We're not in Russia. This is in Idaho, son. <laughs> I know. I'm doing that on okay. purpose. Uh, but anyhow, 75. <laughs> so they sent they sent this to me the other day, celebrating 75 years. All right. Uh, it's a place where we frequented all the time. Like we weren't when I was in college, we weren't allowed in the bars during the season, but in the off season, we would we would hang out at the corner club. They had a shuffleboard table in there, and uh, we used to have tournaments with the coaching staff, the players, uh, the town drunk Francis. Everybody wanted Francis on their team. Um, I'd literally, he smelled like he'd just taken a dump in his pants and um, could hardly stand up. And Francis could roll a shuffle puck like he was unbelievable. So you all tried to get Francis. As a matter of fact, I went back there. I got my I got my uh, I went to the the Idaho Hall of Fame. And so myself and, you know, we're let's, let's get the guys I played college football with and John Freeze and a couple of the guys are there. So we all go to the corner club and we're going to have some pounders, you know, some some beers. It's Rainier, you know, and you always get the red pounder, which is uh, Rainier with tomato juice in it. Right. And I couldn't believe it. Like, I thought when I was in school, Francis was about 80. <laughs> he must have been like 40, but he had he, like he was like legit town drunk. And there he sat at the end of the bar, <laughs> right? And I was like, this is the greatest thing this ever. This is Francis. I cannot believe that Francis is still alive. <laughs> so I went over to Francis. First, I, I purchased a bunch of wooden, like they had the wooden coins, which was for, for a drink. So I got him like a stack of wooden coins. I bought them. Like, and I thought Francis would be like, hey, thanks, you know. And uh, and like, so I walked over to him like, hey, Francis, <laughs> I've, I've got some coins for you, Francis. And I gave it to him. And he just looked at me. He didn't even say thank you. He just like. but i think he finally passed away well yeah we all have had francis's in our lives haven't we but let me tell you what legendary shuffleboard player (laughs) right down the rail too like this (laughs) he was great anyhow yeah that's a corner club shout out to my guys at the corner club in moscow idaho well shout out to aaron Rodgers. wow talk about literally putting your money where your mouth is, taking, in effect, a $35 million pay cut with the idea that the Jets are going to use yeah. those savings to actually build around him to give him a chance at another Super Bowl. But So I don't know what, what the initial thought in your head was. And I think the initial thought for me was, wow, that's, like, that's big time because there's a couple of things. One... 
you know that your career is not complete without another championship, right? You know that you will go in the yeah, but category. One of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played the game, but he only won one Super Bowl. You don't get to sit at the big boy table when you get together with Brady and with Manning and with, you know, I mean, Montana, Elway, Bradshaw, Elway, blah. You got to have multiples. So there is recognition my career is not complete, even though you say it's complete, but it's not complete if I don't put another championship you know, on the uh, championship banner or championship trophy, the Lombardi trophy on, on the shelf, right? So that's that's one. The other thing that after that kind of initial, like it's a two-year deal, so you're, you're committed to playing for another couple of years at least, right? And the other thing that I thought is, how much did you hate the Packers? <laughs> Seriously, like... Like you, you were so angry with them over the years for never getting you a first round receiver and then drafting a quarterback, just like they did to Favre with you. You were so butthurt about it that you were never willing to do it. Did, at least not that I, in, in my recollection, were you ever willing to do it? Dude, if you're a Packer fan right now, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers? Uh, well, but I think there were probably plenty of Packer fans along the way that probably felt Rodgers' pain. Like, mm-hmm. you got Aaron Rodgers. Why aren't you trying to maximize yeah. everything you can while he's there? So, But the Jets look like they're doing it. In fact, immediately following this news about him taking mm-hmm. a pay cut, right away we hear that they're going to visit with Dalvin Cook. Yeah. With the idea, okay, you're right. You're saving us money. We're going to pour that money back into the team to help you. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's big time. And the other thing that I, I guess the third thing that I thought right off the bat is I told you so. Oh, really? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, when I when I told you that yeah, like the deal was close to being done with Rogers <laughs> and the Broncos. That's true. Like there was there was some, like there is something that went down, and um, obviously it didn't come to fruition at that point. Yep. But he took the big money, and he made them eat the big money. And then he goes to the Jets and goes, let's restructure my deal voluntarily. Hey, guys, what would help us? Me taking the $35 million pay cut? All right. Sounds Mm -hmm. good. As long as we've got a chance to win. If Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl with the New York freaking Mm. Jets, the Jets. Yeah. Now you're at the big boy table. Instantly. Automatically. Instantly, because now you're talking about – a second Super Bowl, doing it in New York, right, and doing it for the Jets, the down on their luck, Wobegon oh, Jets, right. They are like when you're national in, punchline right. Jets. When you're in the in the New York metro area, when you're in the city, there is no question that the little brother of New York football is the Jet. It, the it's the Giants. Home, and then the little brother, the Jets. Boy, I tell you what. I mean, you want to talk about drama. Now you're doing hard knocks. You took the $35 million pay cut. You know, all your all your critics right now are like, you know. Well, and it He's also. selfish. He won't. Right. Right. And I, 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 I find it refreshing. I don't know about you because it. You, you see how an athlete maybe early on, hey, it's about it's about making it. Then it's about contracts and making no. money and everything like that. But eventually, there are those rare 
breed of athletes that get to a point where it's like, I've made my money. Now it's about legacy. Right. And I think he's it's, recognizing it's, that this is about legacy. It's Brady-esque. Yeah. You know, Brady-esque, there was always that, hey, man, he's he's getting paid less. He's taking less money. And he always, you know, restructured deals to save them cap money. He got paid. But it was never, it was never I've got to be the highest paid guy. It was always with Brady – whether you like him or you don't like him, whether, you know, the antics, whether the cheating scandals that, that we've heard about and and all this, that, and the other, regardless, one thing you have to respect about him, it was always about championships. That was the first priority. And this is a priority, it seems as though, in New York at the end of his career saying, man, I need to think about legacy. I need to win another championship. And if I could do it here with the Jets, with this team that is young and freaking talented, Dude, seriously. Speaking of the Jets, did Jets Broncos week five oh my God. just get a whole lot spicier? So Sean Payton, mm-hmm. ready to on the eve of his first Bronco training camp practice, just pulled out the flamethrower. In an article with Jared Bell of USA Today, unsolicited, and I'll read a couple of quotes here from Payton. Quote, can I say this to you? Payton says... Bell says, of course, let it rip. Quote, I'm going to be pissed off if this is not a playoff team. Okay. I like that. You know what? Because you're setting right now, this has been a team that has won five games a year for however long. You know, we had this on our radio show today, Mike. In the And s- since 2015, the Rockies, the woebegone Rockies, what do you call where they play? It's not 20th and Blake. It's what? Stan Pat and Blake. Stan Pat and Blake. The Rockies have a better winning percentage over that time than the Denver Broncos do. Pathetic. I mean, that's pathetic. And that is, like, right there he said an expectation. Not for in front of God and everybody, right? <laughs> My expectation, and I'm going to be pissed if we don't match it, players, is is – Playoffs. We better be a playoff team. I appreciate the fact that you treat your handy-dandy notebook almost like it's a Bible, that the stuff that you write in there is that important. So there you go. It's right in here. Uh, but that that's nothing, though. That that it, It's easy to come out and say, we're going to be a playoff team, and if we're not, we're pissed. What he did in throwing Nathaniel Hackett, the coach of last year's Broncos team, but everybody connected with the Broncos uh-huh. under the bus. Ready for this? Let me read some of the quotes. Everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. <laughs> Um, it might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. Right. And I'll read one more for you, then I'll let you react to it. Uh, This is Sean Payton talking to USA Today when he was talking about Russell Wilson. And he said that wasn't his fault. That was the parents who allowed it. That's not an incrimination on him, but an incrimination on the head coach, the GM, the team president, and everybody else who watched it all happen. Mark, he throws the coach. He throws the GM, George Payton, who's still here. He throws the team president, Damani Leach, who's still here. And he throws the ownership group, who obviously is still here. He threw them all under the bus. Right, And, and for further context on that particular quote, it was about... Russell Wilson having Jake Heaps, his personal quarterback coach in the building, and a lot of his, a lot of, you know, he comes with an entourage of people. Yep. Um, and so what's the point behind all this? Why? What's, what, what yeah. is, because this, this is obviously, this wasn't shoot from the lip. No. 
There was a strategy to this. Yeah. So what is it? Okay. So so one, and I always talk about this, and I talked about this on this podcast, is when I did a Saints game last year, and I'm standing on the sideline watching a Friday practice, and unsolicited, a member of the Saints comes up to me who's been there for decades and says, you know what's, a, what's wrong with our football team right now? Sean Payton walked out of the building, and the fear walked out with him. It's gone. There is no fear here. And there's two types. I always talk about biblical fear, you know, this awesome reverence and respect, the fear of the Lord, awesome reverence, awesome respect. You've got to have that as a coach and then just flat out fear. There are expectations. And if you don't meet my expectations, there will be consequences and your ass will get cut. That's the consequence. And what he's doing here is, one, he's setting an expectation for his football team. We're going to be a playoff team. I'm setting a culture, I'm, I'm rebooting the culture, I'm setting an expectation, and I'm letting you know, everybody involved in this organization, you have dirty fingerprints on Russell Wilson. So it's not just, hey, Russell Wilson's lost, or Russell Wilson can't run anymore. That's a bunch of baloney. Russell Wilson is, you know, when I hear he hit a wall and he's not athletic, that's, that's crap. And I've said that from day one. But this is the expectation of Russ. Here's what we're going to do. And everybody on this team, things are going to get different. There's a new sheriff in town. Things will be done differently here. The way we operate as a football team is going to be done differently. And, Russ, I'm not going to allow you to rely on all the other people. And there's going to be safe spaces within this organization. Your people aren't going to be allowed to be in here, right? We're in this thing together. And you're going to have to trust me that I'm going to coach you in such a fashion that I'm going to get the best out of you. But I'm also going to do what's best for our football team. That means we're going to have an identity. We're going to be balanced. We're going to do the little things right. And it's not going to be you in shotgun thinking that you can you know, you, that you can single-handedly become Drew Brees overnight. That's not how it works. And the fact that you pointed the finger at ownership that hired you, you pointed the finger at the president, you pointed the finger at the general manager, you said, hey, you're either coaching or allowing it to happen, and you guys allowed this crap to happen. You allowed people that are not part of this organization to infiltrate the organization, and you took all these safe spaces. I, I told you, like, within two or three weeks of Sean Payton being there, he looked at the cafeteria, which is a safe space where you like you can sit back in your underpants and have something to eat and talk about, you know, whatever it is you talk about, not just football stuff, but family stuff. And there are business people coming down in suits and ties with with business people. They're parading around like you're in a zoo. Sean, Sean was like, there is no non-essential personnel that's allowed in our cafeteria. End of story. Business people, pack a lunch, go out to lunch. I don't care, but you don't come around here. So, and listen, I'm probably going to maybe criticize him for the thing that I I hate most about about sports, and I, I should praise him, but here's where I'm going, is that we always want the people in sports to be honest with us, right. tell the truth, right? Mm-hmm. And then how often do we see people tell the truth and immediately people back up and go, whoa, 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 that's a little bit too too raw, right. too honest. Right. So in this case, I mean, come on, you don't normally see coaches. I can't think of another coach no. in the NFL right now who would come out and make these kind of comments about another coach in the fraternity. Right. And throw somebody under the bus like that, never mind back up and then run over him again. Right. So did he have to go this far, this publicly? 
I mean, it's one thing. I'm sure he's delivering this kind of message that you just talked about yeah. behind closed doors. What's the point of coming out and doing it publicly? Okay, like this? I, I, I think. I mean, I think one, like you just felt your oats, right? Like you got going, and then it, I'm, I'm sure there's parts of that you look back on this and you're like, "Did I say that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did say that. You know, like that, I'm sure I blacked that, out for a second. Right? Yeah, I was. I was on a roll. I was on a roll. <laughs> but not only are you setting expectations for your organization, right? But you're also letting everybody know who clearly is in charge. Yeah. Right. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is me. <laughs> Let me just tell you, that, I mean. When you're willing to throw the ownership, the president, and the GM, like we've been here for several years, the GM has been the guy on the podium. Yeah. The GM has been the guy answering the question. George Payton. George Payton. You ain't going to hear from George Payton. Maybe Ooh. never again. Maybe never again. So, Ooh. I mean, there was, there is clearly, guess what, boys? You know, Papa Bear, I, I'm him, and I'm in charge. And you know what? There is clearly, there will be no dissension in the ranks, and you know where the buck stops. And and I played for two guys who had complete and total control of football operations when I played. Joe Gibbs, there was no question who was in charge. Most regal man I've ever been around, but he would cut your ass in a heartbeat if you couldn't perform. Not Wouldn't even think twice about it. And Mike Shanahan, the exact same way. Great guy. Great coach. If you didn't perform, you were gone. Hell, he cut Michael Dean Perry, who was a team captain, in the middle of the season. And then came in, and we watched the film as a team. I'll, I'll never forget it. We watched the film as a team. and go, let me tell you why I cut our team captain, the highest paid guy on our defense. Clicker. Here he is. No effort. Here he is. No effort. Here he is. No effort. Here he is. Lack of effort. Here he is in practice. No effort. Here he is in a game. No effort. Here he is. Bam. He goes, play like that, you're going to get cut. I don't care who you are. Probably could have heard a pin drop in there. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yes. That's cool. See, I love that stuff. I I think most fans out there. He he didn't go. I don't know that he went to the. He didn't go to the Denver Post and say. I don't know that he did that. He might actually. I, I think he actually did. You know, he used to bring the media in the in the film room. Like I, I remember a time when we got criticized for for cutting people. Right, the Denver Broncos are dirty. The Denver right, Broncos right. are, and he brought all the media in, sat them down in our team meeting room, and put on clips of every other team in the league, all thirty thirty one other teams cutting people. Oh, we're the only ones that do it. Oh, we're the only ones that cut people. Oh, we're the only ones. And it just went boop, 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 right through. Yeah. And said, get out of here with that garbage. Yeah. I mean, that was message sent. Right. Message sent. Um, all right. Well, this is going to be fascinating to watch how this this plays out with the Broncos. That's for sure. They all of a sudden became really, really interesting. Well, they overnight. Yeah. Like you talked about that Jets game. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine now all of a sudden that Jets game? Oh, well, and you, the importance. It, like if you're if you're if the Jets are really good yeah. and the Broncos, let's say they're both because they play in week five. Let's say they're both three and one. Yeah. Okay, and they roll in there, and all of a sudden you've got Aaron Rodgers, thirty-five million dollar pay cut. You know, you got Dalvin Cook playing a significant role on their offense, and whatever else you know they they end up doing with the money that right. they saved, right? So you've got all of those things happening right now with the New York Jets, and then you've got Russell Wilson and the redemption of Russell Wilson and Sean Payton throwing everybody on the bus and then putting a target on himself. He's like basically creating culture, putting a target. Hey, come get a taste. We're going to the playoffs. And meanwhile, you want some? 
And meanwhile, UTV people have a split screen going of Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, and he, he calls out Nathaniel. I mean, it's the worst coach team yeah. he's ever seen Ooh. in the history of the NFL. Woo. I mean, you want to talk about yes, Q, please. Q Russell Wilson. It's spicy. It's spicy. <laughs> All right, so we'll see if these teams can uh, make week five really, really yeah. interesting. Staying in the AFC West, where Patrick Mahomes is now the third highest paid quarterback oh. Not in the NFL, mm-hmm. not in the AFC, in his own division. He's the third highest paid quarterback now behind Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson. Herbert gets the uh, big deal. Is um, is Justin Herbert deserving of, of this kind of contract? Talk about somebody who has put up big numbers, but is 25 and 24 as a starter. Yeah. And most recently is the quarterback of a team that blew a 27-0 lead in a playoff game. In a playoff game. Um is he deserving? I think yes. I think Justin Herbert's a phenomenal young player. Um, and he is like he is establishing records for what he's been able to accomplish in his young career. Not for wins, but just for numbers. Now, you want to talk about scorched earth and changing a culture. Maybe the Chargers ought to think about changing the culture a little bit because there is just something inherent about the Chargers yakking things up, right? Giving away games, and I don't know what that is, and I don't know why that is, but it's you. We always joke, you and I always joke. Chargers are going to charge her, like they're, they're going to find a way to screw it up, and they've done that plenty. But here's the thing that I find fascinating about Justin Herbert: like he is, he's got this kind of surfer boy kind of look, you know, and but the dude is super intelligent, really, really smart, great young man, great young man, and I think. My biggest takeaway of sitting down with him and calling a Chargers game and, and being in a meeting with him and just kind of talking football with him, he has this ability, and he's super smart and he studies a ton, but he's ability to make the game really easy, to, to like have hard and steadfast rules where I'm going with the football depending on what I see, pre and post snap. And, you know, I mean, it's almost as easy as, hey, man, Regardless of what they show me, if you know if they stay in a, a middle of the field open, a too high safety look, I'm thrown in the middle of the field. If they rotate, you know they show me single high or they rotate to single high, I'm thrown out to the edges. And you know, and and it just is like he he can take any concept like that and just make it boil it down to its essence. Hey man, if they cover the guy low, throw it high. If they throw cover the guy high, throw it low. Like it, and he just simplifies the game. And it's one thing to simplify it on a grease board, but it's another thing to simplify it when when everything is coming at you, right? And he has that ability to kind of understand and visualize what the entire field is and what he wants to do. Okay, then so he's smart. Uh huh. He's he's a dude. He's a good guy. Dude, yeah, total dude. And. Um, he's got every tool in the toolbox you want for a quarterback. Yeah. So, but does he have it? Okay. I, I just right. mentioned the record, and this yeah. is with a Charger team that every, pretty much every year people look at and say, "Hey, that's one of the more talented rosters in the NFL." And yet, yeah. there's always, as you say, Chargers going to Charger. There's always this underachieving element when it comes to the Chargers, and he's the quarterback of that team. So, when you meet with Justin Herbert, yeah, he's all those things you said. But do you sense that he has? It, yeah. you know, like Patrick Mahomes has it, or we get the sense that a Joe Burrow has it. Right. Does 
he have, Do I have it? a scent? That's a great question. I haven't really thought about it that way. Do, does he have that red ass about him, right? And you don't have to be in people's face, but there's 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 a certain like John Elway was never in your face, but there was a certain confidence that he exuded on a football field, right? And there was a certain when the when the when it's pressure pack where you knew he was going to perform. Um, I don't like I don't I don't know that I guess that remains to be yeah. seen. I think that can I think over time you develop that too. You feel more confident or more comfortable in that, but like. I would say this: there are situations, and I think that I think the Lions cost themselves a playoff spot by Dan Campbell gambling too much, by Dan Campbell doing things on fourth down in in places on the field that you just flat shouldn't do things. Right? You should punt it away and rely on your defense, and you know, be more. There's a time and place for being aggressive, and there's a time and place depending on the the game situation where you play it you play it real. And you don't give somebody a short field. And, you, like, it's hard. And I just know this as an offensive player. It's hard to stack 10 plays together to score. Like, I will tell you this on defense. If you just tackle well, you'll be a pretty good defense from a, as far as eliminating points. And, really, that's all you're trying to do is eliminate points. You know, the, the total yardage stuff be damned. Just eliminate points. And so, you know, a lot of that is out of Justin Herbert's control. When you decide to go for it on fourth down and four from your own – you know, 39-yard line, shame on you as a coach. Shame on you but as Mark, the analytics. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's like the analytics people that tell me shooting, missing a three-pointer is better than making a two-pointer. I was like, mm, I don't understand that. <laughs> like, I was always confused. I've always been confused about math yeah, anyhow, but, but that, that math yeah. really doesn't make right, sense Right, 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 right. How right. are missed threes better than made twos? I don't know. I don't know, but somehow the analytics tells you that. Last thought. Okay. You and I weren't together last week when this news first came down, but I've been curious about it as a as a a hog, as a Washington Redskin, uh-huh. as somebody who won a Super Bowl yeah. in Washington, and you know what that franchise means to that that city, that area, what it means to the NFL. Yeah. What kind of emotions did you feel when you heard that the time team had finally been sold I was uh, from under Dan Snyder? I'm just thankful. The last time. Washington won 11 games. I was on the team. Yep. Dude, I was on the team. I 1994? mean, 94? 91. 91. Okay. 91. Um, I, I'm just happy for the franchise because that franchise under Dan Snyder was abysmal for two decades. And that dude is a. T-U-R-D, turd with a capital T. And people are celebrating the streets. It is like a scene right out of uh, The Wizard of Oz. All hell, Dorothy! Right? I mean... Ding dong, dong, the the witch is dead. dead. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... I am. I'm so happy for the... People are so excited. I'm so happy for the franchise. You, You think about, like, my time in Washington... In, in the NFL crown, they were one of the jewels. Oh, they were a, easily. a crown jewel franchise. Mm-hmm. And um, how far they have fallen. And so to have that energy and that excitement and, and the Josh Harris group and Magic Johnson. Did you hear what Magic Johnson asked Josh Harris about? He was like, uh, like, um, like, what's your commitment level? What do you want? And he goes, dude, all I want to do is win. Like, And Magic was like, okay, I'm good. I'm in. 
Like, I'm in. If that's what you want. I, I tell you what, I couldn't be happy. And people, I'm calling the first game of the season, uh, yeah. Arizona at Washington. I'll be there for Fox. And I cannot wait to see what that crowd is like, what those people are like. Because they have they have been in this, I mean, they have been in this dark vortex mm-hmm. um, for 20-plus years under Dan Snyder. And they finally feel like, welcome back to the National Football League, Washington, whatever your names are. Yeah. Because I think that'll change, too. Yep. So, good for them, man. I'm good. excited. Well, good. Excited. Good for you, too. Because yeah. I know how much that time there mattered to you. It really it did, man. It was where I cut my teeth and where I learned about NFL football and and uh, and won a championship. Yeah. And, so, and forged a relationship with those fans that exist today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Uh, I'm just really excited for the the Commanders for Washington and um, and it should be it should be great. Good, yeah. Good. All right. Hey, listen, man. Thank you, buddy. Every uh, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, we appreciate you guys watching and listening. Uh, make sure you share the podcast with everybody you know, and um, and uh, we'll be back with you next week.